Hi, welcome to Offscript. I'm Zach Lewis. And I'm Dr. Draper. Today on the show, we'll be taking a look at Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, the new Sam Raimi movie, uh, his first in almost a decade, and the 28th film in the Marvel franchise. Got 28 Marvel movies. Good Lord. Uh, is finally out, and we're excited to talk about it. We've seen it. I've seen it twice. Uh, don't let that be a bearing on whether or not you should see it. Recommendations come at the end. We're also going to talk about some exciting trailers coming out. Uh, the new Avatar trailer dropped with Doctor Strange. We're going to talk about that. Uh, and of course, we need to get to the news. Bit of a light show this week and light news as well, which is weird. Uh, we, we've taken to kind of dual reviewing. We'll do one Marvel movie for, for a show if we can, especially if it's a big one like Doctor Strange feels. Uh, but hopefully we'll be padded out by news. Not this week. Uh, our first story, Scream 6 uh, is... Hold on, I gotta get it on the screen. There it is. Uh, greenlit. And they're making Scream 6. Andy, what do you know about, what do you know about Scream 6? Uh, so the main thing is that uh, the kind of newer cast introduced it in Scream Five, uh, starring which starred Melissa Barrera, Jasmine Savoy Brown, Mason Gooden, and Jenna Ortega. They're all coming back. They're this is kind of like the new young cast of this series, and uh, they're they're going to film this summer, and we're going to get Scream Six in uh, late March of 2023. So it's moving pretty quick. And there's a note in this story that uh, they're going to be moving on from Woodsboro. So it's not going to take place in the same town it nice. has for like the previous five movies. Yeah. The, uh, so that'll be interesting. The Stranger Things season four strategy. It's in a different place and therefore worth watching. I don't know what direction they're going to run in with Scream 6. Scream 5 uh, just came out, what, last year and was a surprising return to form for the series uh, following Scream 4's kind of attempted reboot in 2011. Uh, Scream 5 was a pretty good, pretty good movie, actually. Pretty good script. A lot of fun. Some good meta humor in there. A couple decent kills. Um, but Scream 5 kind of worked because it, 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 it ran on the steam of the previous four films and kind of satisfyingly tied it off uh, for what it is. I don't, I, I get the new cast. That's a smart angle to go here, but I still don't know if Scream 6 is going to have like a script that's quite as fun as Scream 5 will, you know? And that, that was a big part of that movie. It's, it's a big part of what worked. Well, I think what I'm interested to see is if they can actually hand this off to a new generation, because that's what all these legacy sequel movies they depend so much on the old characters, the old stars, and they try to introduce new stars, but the handoff doesn't really happen. We've seen this happen with, I mean, the Star Wars franchise. Um, and it seems like all these need like a, a starter movie. Uh, things like Ghostbusters, Afterlife, uh, The Matrix Resurrections. It's like, oh, we need to reset everything, introduce new people, set things up, and then we can actually move on to something new. Um, but most of these these reboots kind of failed uh to do that Star Wars being the best example of this. So I'm going to be interested to see if they can actually move on, not just lean so heavily on, on the old characters and kind of the old story to really take things in, in new direction. Yeah. Either way, I'm excited to see where it goes. I, I don't, I don't think they'll end up dumping the old characters yet. I just, I don't, maybe this would be the time to do it. I think just not have them come back at all for the movie, but I have a feeling Nev Campbell will show up. Right. Like that feels. My, I have a prediction in like when they get to Scream Ten, like she's just going to be the killer. She's had enough. She's just going to be killed yeah. By the it'll end. it'll be it'll be the Saw formula, right? Like somehow eight movies in, like she's been pulling the strings all along the whole you time. Know yeah. yeah, and we thought she was dead. Like it'll it'll be some whole thing. Uh, you know, could could be good stuff. A couple of these actresses are really solid. Melissa Barrera and Jenna Ortega are both actually really great. Jenna Ortega most recently in X, a new Ty West movie that we actually really liked on the show. Um, I don't know. Keep it here on off script for more about Scream 6. Our next story, the box office, of course. Doctor Strange 2 is killing it. Good Lord. Uh, I guess I thought this movie would do good. It's doing better than good, man. Uh, what do you know about this, Andy? Yes, uh, Doctor Strange, huge, huge uh, weekend box office made 185 million uh, over the weekend domestic. That's just domestic. They were they were projecting 100 to 120 in that range, and so it's blown that out of the water and a huge whopping 450 million globally. So this is gonna this is gonna be a billion dollar property, uh, no doubt. Huge, huge numbers uh, for Marvel once again. Yeah, uh, I I I don't know how I continue to be surprised by this. <laughs> Like I'm not, I'm not sure how this keeps happening to me. I think a big part of the reason is because I was excited for Doctor Strange Two as a Sam Raimi movie. The director, uh, we'll get into that more in the review. Um, I, I wasn't so excited for it as a proper Marvel movie. Doctor Strange is, 
a decent protagonist, right? But I feel like he often plays best kind of on the sidelines, like in Avengers or in Spider-Man No Way Home. Like, he's a really good side character, but when he's kind of in the driver's seat, eh. Um, but man, apparently audiences feel totally differently. A ton of people turned out uh, t- turned out for this film. PG-13, lots of adults, lots of kids, which is additionally surprising because it's a little, it's, it's, it's a little spooky. And I don't, I don't know if they really advertise that in its marketing, <laughs> but we knew that going in. So, so yeah, I don't know how that's been playing. Yeah, they, they definitely uh, hid kind of how much of a horror movie this was going to be or all the horror elements uh, they were, they were going to have. Um, but the Marvel brand just continues to impress because, I mean, like we've said, there's 28 movies now. You will, you have to have seen a lot. You have to have watched some of the TV shows as well. You have to have watched WandaVision to, I think, really know where you are in this movie. And that that's a big guess. But I guess the audiences are keeping up. Or even if you haven't, it's just, you know, it's it's a big kind of tentpole thing. And you can, kind, I mean, just like comic books themselves, you can kind of just dive right in and, you know, they kind of, they more or less catch you up. Yeah, and uh, it's fortunate that Doctor Strange 2 will play, I think, really great in foreign markets as well. Uh, It's got some progressive themes in there, but it's not quite the same position Sony was in with Spider-Man No Way Home when they tried to run it in China. And China was like, well, you got to take out the Statue of Liberty because that's a symbol of freedom that we don't want. We don't really want to look at for the last act of your film. And Sony was like, that can't happen. So it just didn't come out in China. This movie is not going to have that problem. I think this will absolutely, I mean, it already has, right? It's already premiering in foreign markets. Uh, It's got a global start of, good God, half a billion dollars. Like, and it just came out. (laughs) It's crazy. And and this weekend, this weekend, it has zero competition. Uh, Firestarter is is the big uh, release, and that's coming out on Peacock as well. So it's... It, it's it's turned into when there's a big movie like a superhero movie you just get t- two weeks you get your two weeks un you know undisturbed no one's coming up against yeah. it so um and spec and internationally spectacle always translate well that's part of the reason fast the, the fast and furious series does so well is like you don't have to know a bunch about like american culture or the nuances of character you're just like huge action set pieces that's going to always do well overseas yeah well, I'm glad it's doing well overseas, uh, if not for Marvel, uh, but mostly for uh, my, my cool favorite new director, Sam Raimi, who I'm excited to talk about when we get into our review for the movie. So no time to waste. Let's jump right into it. Uh, I'm going to be taking the summary on this, so please excuse my clumsy delivery. The movie is uh, Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Every night, I dream the same dream. Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness is the second film in the Doctor Strange uh, film series from Marvel. It's Marvel's 28th film. Uh, and I think it's the first proper Marvel film for director Sam Raimi. Uh, you may know him previously from his work on the Evil Dead series, Evil Dead 1, 2, and then Army of Darkness. Uh, additionally, Drag Me to Hell in 2013. And probably his best known work from the general public is the first three Spider-Man movies starring Tobey Maguire. Those are Marvel properties. I don't think they'd quite kicked into like the Marvel Cinematic Universe that we're doing now, which is why I wouldn't say it technically counts but it was definitely a comic book movie series uh there's mention of dr strange and spider-man 2 at one point is an offhanded joke clearly sam raimi's a fan uh and and dr strange sorry i need to get to the summary somewhere in here good god uh dr strange in the multiverse of madness is the story of dr stephen strange uh after he uh meets a young girl with the ability to travel through the multiverse seemingly at will and and trying to kind of harness and understand this power he recruits the help of the sorcerer supreme wong who he lives with and uh uh, wanda maximoff who we most recently saw in wandavision played by elizabeth olsen to try to tackle this multiversal travel and and unfortunately in that process uh, accidentally open a portal to an unspeakable evil that uh, the heroes of the universe are going to have to come together. The heroes of the multiverse are going to have to come together to defeat. Uh, it is about two hours long, a little longer than two hours. It is chock full of CGI and star power. Uh, the movie is Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Andy, what'd you think? Uh, overall, I really liked it. I had a lot of fun. There's a lot of uh, good humor, good horror, which I, I wasn't sure how much would be in there. Um, there are some things that don't work as well. It's got some issues, got some problems. Um, but again, the Mar- Marvel is just such a strong brand now that it can kind of over overcome. And the, the stuff that works in the film works really well, and it kind of overcomes uh, the weaknesses. Yeah, I, I, I feel the same way. The movie is not quite lopsided. I think it's actually really well paced, but... 
uh, the the kind of action set pieces play a lot better than like the plot filled <laughs> quiet time exposition set pieces between action. Uh, Sam Raimi has has a history of of producing particularly action oriented film. Lots of like big camera moves, lots of dramatic lighting. All of that is present and more. Many of his like traditional. Uh, filmmaking methods, a lot of his practical effects, all of that's here, which makes the movie very interesting. But some of those in-betweens are where the plot is moving, right? Where we're introducing characters or bringing in a cameo or showing people what's going on. And and it, a lot of this movie was <laughs> produced by Marvel in a schedule alongside other movies where things have to tie into other things and characters have to come in and leave to go into other films and TV shows. And that can get a little complicated. And it feels like those parts are a bit bogged down. But the more important set pieces, the action, the horror, the adventure, that stuff plays really well. Probably one of the more one of the more fun experiences of the the later Marvel films, to be sure. Lots of fun. Right. The the spectacle is done really well. We we get superhero fights. We we have some nice surprises. We have uh you know Doctor Strange is known for these kind of crazy effects. Uh, the first I really like the first one. That there's all these things where they're like entering different dimensions and like reality is turning upside down on itself. Uh, so we get a lot more of that. The horror stuff is great. If you're if you're a big horror fan, if you've a fan of Sam Raimi and the Evil Dead, and you know can know the 80 no horror from the 80s for 70s forward um there's a lot of fun stuff in there for you a lot of references to old problem and also just things that are like flat out pretty scary there's uh a good deal of violence and and gore pg-13 gore uh but uh characters like smeared in blood you know zombie kind of things uh, oh yeah yeah there's some there's some spooky stuff yeah, uh, Raimi is a, a horror director first. That's where he got his start. Uh, actually, in a bit of a, a horror comedy, really, is his blend. He's a big fan of Three Stooges. And his film like film like Evil Dead 2 really like put him on the map. Evil Dead, obviously, was huge. But I think Evil Dead 2 is where he started to kind of find his style. And that came over into the Spider-Man movies. Uh, you may not remember it, but if you go back and watch those movies, they feel distinctly unique. You'll find really great sequences in there that are properly scary. That, that Doc Ock surgery scene in Spidey 2 where the arms yeah, come to life. and horrific. Like, grabbing yeah it's wild and like that's the kind of thing Raimi brings to the table so I think this feels a lot like Raimi for hire right Marvel's like we want your skill on top of our script and he was like you got it and so you get a lot of really really tremendous horror sequences I've heard reports of some parents like pulling kids out of the theater which is great um, because it's it's properly spooky at, at times and I, I can't remember the last time I saw a film Aimed at families, really, and in particular on occasion, kids a little bit, right? Going to see the, the hot new Marvel movie, like getting done spooked and like having having a, having a couple little nightmares growing up. That stuff is good for people, I think, right? That, that's how we got goth. <laughs> that's character. how we got goth gals, all right? And that's a good thing for all of us. So like, yeah, builds character, fr- freaks you out, makes you weird. And and Raimi's no no stranger to that. Though those are the moments that work particularly well. Like lots of lots of good throwbacks to his old stuff, gags from Evil Dead and Evil Dead Two, even um, you know really 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 good practical effects. I'll, I'll talk about it a little bit more, but I do want to talk about the cast. Uh, pretty small. I mean, it's a big cast what we're working with, but like as far as our top billers go, Benedict Cumberbatch is Doctor Stephen Strange, who's pretty good i think in this movie i liked him in doctor strange one just fine like like i said at the top i think he's a better kind of side character uh like like a coach ish that then like our proper hero elizabeth olsen is back as wanda maximoff in a tremendous performance from her really great uh i saw it again last night she's really fantastic benedict wong is back as the sorcerer supreme pretty funny uh, and a newcomer i don't know how to pronounce her name so i'm just gonna go it's, for it it's uh sochi Really? Yeah. I, so, I, I looked, Sochi Gomez? No way. Yeah. Okay. yeah I, look, I, I looked it up just to make sure. Yes. Uh, coming as a, coming in as America Chavez, our, our multiversal traveler. Uh, she's pretty solid. I, I feel like they, I don't know. I want to get to the rewrites thing later, but for now, a solid core cast, right? Yeah. Again, great performances from especially Elizabeth Olsen. And Doctor Strange. If anything, uh, Elizabeth Olsen is is kind of stealing the show in a lot of ways. Uh, we see Rachel McAdams is back as uh, Doctor Christine Palmer, who's the on again, off again kind of love interest of Doctor Strange. She kind of has a little bit more to do, 
uh, in this movie. Of course, uh, newcomer uh, Sochi Gomez, who kind of uh, she gets a little bit sidelined in this movie. She's a bit of a MacGuffin. And there's a n- number of MacGuffins in this in this movie. That's probably that. It's true. She her park. There's times where her part could have been played by like a magic book or like a magic emerald or something. Like she really is just almost an object. The characters are moving around. She's got some character, but I I, I agree. R- right. Exactly. So she doesn't get a, a ton of of screen time. Uh, and she's, I mean, she's almost kind of a villain for Spider-Man. She's like the the kid that need needs a you know arm around her, guide her, you know, in in all things superhero. Um, but she's she's fine. She's fine, and I'm excited to see more more from her. Yeah, it, it, she's her character is a little sidelined, right? So it's a bit like the child actor bringing him into the series, you know, kind of start him off small. Um, but that leaves lots of room for Doctor Strange, and more importantly the scarlet witch wanda maximoff uh she is a very tremendous part of this movie and the <laughs> advertisements don't really highlight that a lot even though it, it's funny because you look at the poster if you're watching us on facebook live or watching the after show on youtube you can see it uh, on screen she's prominently the most forward thing in the poster <laughs> she's front and center um and i think that's probably the the visual giveaway that she's a bit more important uh than it seems she's a very large part of this movie and the trailers would have it look like more evil doctor strange is kind of kind of running everything behind the scenes and it's not necessarily what meets the eye and and i think that's good marvel did the same thing with their advertising for spider-man like they never showed toby mcguire and andrew garfield they, they want you to go in and be a little surprised i think that's good for word of mouth it makes for a more fun movie um, but it also leaves your character a little, a little, almost understated. Like there, there's a world where you, you change a couple scenes and move a couple things around, and this is a Scarlet Witch movie. Um, yeah, and I think absolutely. that's, I think that's good because it's a ton of fun, and she's super good in it. Yeah, de- definitely a lot of fun. That does kind of lead me to uh, one of the criticisms is that you really ha- definitely need to have watched the uh, WandaVision show, um, and like a lot of Marvel, you you kind of have to have seen all of it or most of it um and so it, it's interesting to have to have watched several movies and a tv show to kind of kn- know where we are but if you have kept up it's definitely worth it yeah it's a little weird too because uh the timing of this movie is not as originally intended uh marvel like like we said likes to add stuff and add cameos and, and, and change rewrites and, and kind of tie characters in uh, into movies that are already existing in the schedule. They'll have big schedules for reshoots. Doctor Strange had like three months of reshoots leading right up to December. Um, but then this movie got delayed. This was supposed to come out in 2021 right after WandaVision. And then it got pushed back behind Spider-Man No Way Home and Shang-Chi. Uh Way, they weren't filmed that way, though. Uh, Elizabeth Olsen apparently rolled off, the, rolled off the set of WandaVision and had like two weeks downtown, like 13 days, and then came to the set of Doctor Strange to start shooting. Uh, to us, the audience, it's been like two years, uh, even though it hasn't actually been two years. It's been one year. But to them, when they shot this, it was one right after the other. So uh, you do get a surprising dip back into Wanda Maximoff, and at times it does feel like, oh, this isn't... This isn't quite the way WandaVision went, or I didn't expect this character to do this, but apparently this is this is as intended. This is this is the way the Marvel gods intend for it to be. And I think Raimi does a good job of getting coverage for all of these moments and, and tying stuff in. There, there's there's a couple scenes in Act One and Act Two that are just real slow. And you're just like, okay, like let's let's get to the goods. And they even have some awkward edits at times. Um a character will be talking to one character, and then when it cuts back. Uh, first character is completely turned around looking at something else and you're like when did that when did that edit happen right like hold on where where was the motion of them turning around you don't get it and I don't know if that's it was just lost in the sauce or what but but it's just odd like it's just it's just something something I noticed on rewatch I was like oh wow there's there's scenes here that that feel a little like they've been cut around and if the reports from from kind of Marvel sets are true it's exactly what's going on which is weird right that that's one of my bigger criticisms of the movie is the kind of plot and story is a little bit all over the place. Our our main story is Doctor Strange trying to keep uh, Miss Miss America's what she's called in the comics, but uh, oh, what's her name? I can't remember her name now. It's Sochi Gomez, but I can't remember her character name. Uh, oh, uh, and I, I'm I, here. I am flipping through IMDb trivia. Uh, it is America <laughs> Chavez. Good lord, right? I watched it right. Last Thank night. you. Yeah. Thank you. Um, 
Uh, again, the the plot isn't very straightforward. Like I said, the, there's he's trying to keep her safe from from like people pursuing her, but then it kind of goes in a lot of different directions. It's not super cohesive. Like I said, there's a lot of MacGuffins because there is her, and then there's like the Dark Hold, which is one dark book, and then there's a, a, a another book they need. Um, and so it's kind of all over the place, and it's not as tight as things like uh, the Captain America trilogy, Winter Soldier, Civil War, and it doesn't do as much of a good job, I think, as tying into the larger Marvel universe and really um, setting up what what is next to come, which is usually what a lot of these movie, movies do. We we don't really see what where we stand uh, kind of the, by the end of this. Yeah, it was something you pointed out, Andy. I think in, in Slack or something we were looking at, like the 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 more recent Marvel films, this kind of what phase four they don't feel very tied together yeah. <laughs> thematically they're all a little loose uh and i don't know if that's because they don't it's probably because they don't know where they're going this is the studio that made star wars seven eight nine uh but uh it, it does also lend itself to like feeling like they're letting marvel's letting the directors run a little bit more in their own direction eternals felt like very off very its own film had its kind of own tonal identity this has its own kind of tonal identity like I think that's good. I think that's that's good to help these movies kind of stand apart on their own. And, and that's part of the reason why this movie has such great horror, which is a new thing for Marvel movies. I, I don't... I'm hard-pressed to think of a Marvel movie that's as spooky as this one, right? I, I'm, I can't even think of, like, particular moments in Marvel movies that are spooky in this, as this one. This one leans all the way in. In the same way that, like, Taika Waititi's Thor Ragnarok is, mm -hmm. like... Very exactly. hair metal, like punk, punk its own thing, 80s glam. Uh, this is, you know, 80s horror with a little bit of comedy mixed in, which is which is nice. That's Sam Raimi stuff. Yeah, again, we get great horror moments, some some slapsticky kind of things, but also some truly, truly terrifying uh, imagery, uh, uh, you know, references to zombie. There's a reference to the ring. Uh, other kind of you know definitely nods to evil dead and i mean some stuff that's pretty spooky and definitely if you took young children to see it like they might have some nightmares <laughs> like no joke yeah there's a couple there's a couple shots on rewatch that i'm just like good god like i don't i can't believe disney got this past the mpaa the house of mouse knows no bounds and film twitter has been laughing about this because uh, you know, the Vanity Fair or somebody, Vice or I forget who, put out a thing that was like maybe maybe Multiverse of Madness should be rated R. And other people are like, no, 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 no. PG thirteen's been getting away with some pretty wild violence for a long time. We just don't really talk about it. And this one's got a lot of it back to back, and it feels heavy. And I, I think for young kids, it might be like real young kids. Yeah, it's probably too much. But like, I, I don't know. It's 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 like diet horror. It's like horror light. It's a good introduction to it. And the reason it's such a good introduction is because you're <laughs> you're you're you you you've just got such a, a cast of heroes working together that it's you never really want to look away, right? You're never really too worried about anybody getting iced, right? In Marvel movies, no one's ever really gone. You're usually pretty yeah. confident that your heroes are gonna be okay, but because they're so strong when they're running into genuinely terrifying things, like they're they're brave, right? So it helps the kids be brave and watch these things. And you get to the end of the movie and the kids feel great and they go home and have some nightmares. Like, I think, I think it's good for them. <laughs> I think it rounds them out. And it wouldn't be a Sam Raimi movie without an evil book and a, 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 a basically somebody with the powers of the damned and somebody's uh, hobbling around with yeah. black blood on them. Like it's got it's goofy face prosthetics. Like it has all of those things. Check in every box. It's 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 really tremendous. The Dark Hold is definitely like the Necronomicon. A hundred percent. It like has the same rules. Yeah, like it's it is functionally the Necronomicon. Don't read out of that book. Yeah. Um so the other thing I wanted to talk about, my other criticism, is this is, you know, Doctor Strange in in the multiverse of madness. And the multiverse is not that mad. I expected this to kind of be crazier. Um we we visit a couple of other kind of alternate universes, and I thought we would be getting more like in like they did in Spider-Man. Uh, no way home that we would be getting alternate versions of characters to come into the the main universe what we have more of is visiting other other multiverses universes but they're all just kind of bland and i was i'm, I'm reminded of uh everything everywhere all at once that yes. yep. did the, the multiverse thing in an incredible way like hunt like tons and tons of of different characters different universes where people are completely different characters and flipping through them like really really fast and it it 
this really seems underwhelming in kind of hindsight. We we only visit a couple of them, and the characters are largely the same in all of them. Like Doctor Strange just has a different haircut in every movie, um, and like uh, Amer- America Chavez, same thing. She's she's the same. Wanda's pretty much the, the same. We we do get some surprises, but it wasn't near as crazy as I had kind of expected it to be for something called the Multiverse of Madness. Yeah, there's a really ambitious like oneer uh, in this in this film. Like right right about the middle of the first act, when Doctor Strange finally gets pulled into like America's Chavez's like multiverse power to travel the multiverse, and it's this really great one shot where the camera kind of spins around our CGI characters, of course, uh, and it blasts them through like. 18 multiverses and one of them's like a silent film and one of them's like cubism and one of them they're like paint uh and that's that's really cool looking and you're like oh man this is gonna go places and then the rest of the movie doesn't ever actually get to many of those uh really probably any of them you've got a few different like multiverses that you're grounded in multiverse universe whatever settings that you're grounded in worlds um but you don't get to jump a whole a whole round a lot a lot in there and people have been comparing this to everything ever all at once because of them both being multiverse movies right what are the odds that in 2022 following a pandemic we'll be getting two movies about the multiverse back to back right weird crazy wild idea and this movie has like eight times the budget of everything ever all at once and also has like eight times the box office returns more so like it, it bigger mm-hmm. investment for disney has turned out bigger profits but yeah if i had to, to put these two films together on a <laughs> spectrum of quality of multiversal storytelling like your ability to use setting and plot and, and different elements from different universes to grow your characters and also, like, emotional impact that comes from that. Everything Ever All at Once beats this every time. Every right. time. The- and this does a lot that that movie doesn't do. They spent that money well. But, like, uniquely, yeah, if I got to hold the two of them next to each other, <laughs> somehow the low-budget A24 film is a better pick for me, uh, a fan of bold cinema. No, absolutely. And what you said is, uh, with Everything Everywhere having a lot of emotional heart and really good storytelling. That's kind of what, what's lacking in Multiverse of Madness, that, that we don't really have a lot of heart. We don't have a lot of, like, you know, characters kind of go, going from A to B character arcs or, you know, everything everywhere is about, you know, family trauma, generational trauma, uh, you know, these mother-daughter relationships about, like, being happy with the choices that you've made in life. And, like, there's a lot going on in that movie, and it does it very well, like, the story going from A to B. And this we I'm not really sure what, doc, like, what is Doctor Strange's arc? What is anyone's arc? Everyone's kind of the same uh, from beginning to end. So it's, while it's wildly entertaining, it doesn't have kind of the heart of something like Everything Everywhere all at once. It sure doesn't. And and <laughs> a big part of that is because, uh, you know, you've got a lot of action in, in your Sam Raimi movie and a lot of horror, and it's not going to spend a lot of time working out relationships. Uh, you know, that, that's not necessarily a priority here. Um, but of the relationship stuff you do get, kind of the emotional impact stuff, uh, it's it's been in a Cumberbatch and Rachel McAdams who have no chemistry on screen. Like, the two of them are so flat together. I, I don't know how yeah. that happens. They just kind of don't. Like, they just don't elicit. Like, I, Elizabeth Olsen and Paul Bettany and WandaVision are so much more an interesting on-screen couple. And they actually bounce off each other well. And the two of them can have a conversation and you're kind of interested in both characters. But, like... <laughs> I don't know. Like Doctor Strange and uh, uh, Christine, I don't know her last name in the film, uh, are just not Christine Palmer. Just don't. They just don't have it, and they didn't have it in the first movie, and they don't really have it in this one. (laughs) And that's that's kind of a bummer. But there are some quality quality Marvel cameos in here, which were a surprise. I I I didn't get them spoiled by the internet. Andy had one spoiled. I was so mad, and it's it's not a big, it's not a huge plot point, but it's still. We all like to be surprised, and yeah. this surprise was ruined for me. I'm not going to is boycotting Collider.com. Yeah, right. Not going to name names, Collider.com. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, um, yeah, I, I, I think the internet, for the most part, has come around to be pretty decent about spoilers, unless you're on, like, Twitter or, like, Collider, or you're going somewhere where you're, like, kind of looking for it. Um for the most part, I don't have people spoiling it for me, right? I think we've done enough with 28 Marvel films. My God, like we've done enough of these that people know. Your best experience is opening weekend, seeing it with a crowd. 
And as we get away from it, uh, there'll be less opportunity to do that. I, I did I did enjoy watching it with a, in a room full of people, lots of gas, a couple cheers, you know, like the, the the exciting opening night stuff for a Marvel, Marvel film. But uh, our theater wasn't packed. It was, you know, it was, it was moderately. It was, it was moderately full. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't. It was an early Friday show or early Thursday show. But Thursday's yeah. the day it came out. It came out. I figured it'd be a lot busier. But since then, they have had no trouble making half a billion dollars around the world. And it seems like this is going to be a win for Marvel. Andy, do you think they're going to do more, first off, more work with Sam Raimi, and secondly, more, I don't know, horror-oriented stuff? Where do, where do you, what what is Disney's takeaway from this? I think it's a director kind of thing. It's like Taika Waititi is getting Thor Love and Thunder, so you're going to get another comedy. So if if they like what he's done, and I mean, he he's making the money, so I, I imagine he, I could see him getting uh, another movie. Um, and they got, they they have to kind of lift up the the group movies because like the group movies like Avengers are the big really big money makers but you gotta set up you gotta set up stuff along the way you gotta have individual character movies so I'm sure we'll get you know Doctor Strange 3 yeah I'm not sure what's next in the hopper for the character of Doctor Strange I'm sure he'll appear as a side character and a couple other things but as for Sam Raimi it seems like he likes doing them he's been praising Disney and Marvel in interviews saying they're super easy to work with this is his first movie in nine years his last movie was Oz the Great and Powerful which is also a Disney film uh, so obviously he's got some clout with the studio they're gonna love uh, the runaway numbers on this of course uh, I don't know how they'll feel about the general reception to some of the spookier bits. I think they'll get scared by parents who were calling in and writing emails and getting on Facebook like, my child was horrified, yeah, you, but, you know. Yeah, you, you can't sell Zombie Strange no, <laughs> to, to yeah. the kids. Even though he's awesome, but yeah, apparently you can't. Uh, yeah, uh, but but I think I think he will likely do more. I don't know where Sam Raimi, I don't know where Doctor Strange is headed next, but um they gotta, I don't know, I, I, do, I do think Marvel's gotta start to find a through line thematically through all of these movies, because they feel really different. And I don't, I don't know where they're headed next. Um, yeah, like there's know. a lot of separate elements, and before, you know, it's, it's phase one was very exciting, because it was like Iron Man, Thor, Captain America, Avengers, like you, you knew where it was headed, and now it's, we don't know, we, we, we have some whisperings of different big, big bad guys yeah um but we we don't really know it's all kind of disparate at the moment yeah uh it seems like they're gonna wade further into the obscure right uh following eternals i think they're working on a blade reboot starring marshall ali uh you know you got some 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 egyptian magic with moon knight on disney plus and you got some multiverse stuff with america chavez like they're definitely introducing a lot of elements. It just seems a little more disparate than last time. Yeah, the, the, the previous phases were very straightforward. We're, we're get all the hits. Here's the Avengers, couple Avengers movies. Bam, we're on our way. Guardians of the Galaxy was the weirdest thing you saw. Now, um, I don't know. But I'm excited that this happened. I, 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 <laughs> it's Like I said, it's a little darker in moments than I would expect from Disney. So I'm glad it's here. I hope I hope Sam Remy makes, makes 80 more films before he dies. Absolutely. Oh, one more thing. The score. Danny Elfman. Uh, we didn't even talk about it. This, oh, is Danny yeah. El- this is Danny Elfman's 16th comic book movie I was reading on IMDb, which is crazy. Uh, and, and and a return with him uh, and Sam Raimi from their Spider-Man movies. Sam Raimi also brings his own editor over to this one. Uh, good Elfman score. Uh, uniquely does not use any of Michael Giacchino's Doctor Strange theme, <laughs> which... I, Which I, I couldn't ga- tell you what it was. Uh, yeah, not only do Andy and I not know what Michael Giacchino's Doctor Strange theme is, but I bet nobody listening to this show could hum it or sing it or whatever, like off the top of your head. Nobody knows it. But still unique uh, for him to just completely abandon. I think I think somebody said it's like in there once, really briefly as an undertone or something. Like otherwise, it just doesn't exist. It's a fine it's a fine score. Very very exciting. Classic classic Elfman moves up and down and has a couple of good comic throwbacks. I think from some of his previous work, he's made sixteen comic book movie scores after all. Uh, overall, pretty pleasant. But I thought I thought it was worth mentioning because there's some there's some music oriented action later in the film that i think is worth worth highlighting because composers don't often get to do stuff like that so you're right to look out for well i think i'm ready andy would you recommend dr strange and the multiverse of madness i would definitely rep- recommend it to fans of, of the marvel series and of comic book movies if you've been following along you're gonna love it um fans of horror as well i know some people haven't kept up as much but i think if you're a big fan of horror and sam raimi you'll also enjoy it uh 
the only people I think may not want is if you're not into the superhero thing and you're not in, you haven't been keeping up with all 28 um, Marvel films, you might be really lost. Like I said, you have to have seen several movies and watched a TV show to know what's going on. So if that's not your, your interest, then uh, probably skip it. Yeah. But overall, I, overall, I highly recommend a lot of fun. For the most part, I agree. Uh, it, at times, it does feel like a generic Marvel film, I'll be honest. But I think I think this movie's got a unique identity in its director. If you are a Sam Raimi fan, you're going to have a ton of fun watching this movie. There's throwbacks to old work. There's cameos. There's good stuff. And if you're a general Marvel fan, I think this is one of the more exciting features they've put out in a little while. I think it does some things differently. I think it's got some good spooks. Uh, that's good for everybody. I'm a fan. I, I think I think this kind of stuff broadens audiences a little bit to what's possible. Broad broadens the mind, right? It, it encourages you to try different things, and for kids to get in a little bit of horror in their new Marvel feature, I think that's good. I think it's I think it's good stuff. Doctor Strange and Multiverse of Madness. I am a fan. So yeah. And uh, that's Doctor Strange. Next up, we need to talk about some uh, exciting trailers coming out. Andy, you want to introduce this segment? It's time for the trailer park. <laughs> We had a, a bunch of tra trailers over the last few weeks um, that we're going to be going through. The first one is a new horror film from A24 called Bodies, Bodies, Bodies. Um, this is a kind of horror whodunit uh, starring a bunch of people I don't know. Uh, Pete Davidson is and in Pete it. Pete Davidson, yeah. <laughs> uh, the, the cast is, um, you know, it, it's a group of uh, what looks like mostly girls, young teens in a in a house kind of having a party they decide to play a game called bodies 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 kind of a hide and seek game um and someone turn, turns up dead and it turns into a whodunit um, but also a bit of a survival thing and it's specifically kind of aimed at gen x that there's a ton of like sorry gen z not gen x gen z there's a ton of uh, gen z uh language and kind of idioms and things like, like that um it, it looks like like a lot of fun horror comedy uh zach what do you think uh i think it looks good uh, it's surprising coming out of a24 uh when i think of these kind of movies from them i think of movies like slice starring chance the rapper which looked kind of cool and then never came out to anything because apparently it was real bad uh i think a24 likes taking chances on unique features like this i know they're only distributing but uh, this movie looks like one part Scream 5, one part Assassination Nation. And Assassination Nation was super good. And I, I, yeah. I still think that movie's rad and more people should go back and watch it. Very modern, very trendy, um, but looks decent. Looks like some decent scares. I, I like the name of this game, Bodies, Bodies, Bodies. Pete Davidson looks like he's, you know, Pete do, doing the Pete Davidson gag. Like there's, there's barely a lot. Like, like you said, yeah, there's, there's a cast of exciting new actors and actresses in this film, none of which I know anything about. And also Pete Davidson. <laughs> He's like a, he's like modern white stoner Bill Murray, right? Like the same gag. He's just kind of a the personality. Seth Rogen of our yes. time. Yes, yeah. Young, you just the stick youngest. him in. Yes, except he also Seth Rogen from 15 years ago dating Kim Kardashian. Yeah. Uh, so bodies, bodies, bodies. Looks like fun. Uh, excited to find out more. Uh, the next trailer we need to talk about is the new film from Olivia Wilde. Don't worry, darling. Uh, Don't worry, darling. Is her follow up to Booksmart in. 2019 really cool edgy uh, up-and-coming comedy about adolescents and young women who are graduating uh annie and i were tremendous fans you can go back and listen to our review on the show i think we both watched it at least once again since if you haven't seen book smarts on hulu but bodies i uh, don't bodies 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 don't worry darling uh seems like a dystopian tale of florence Pugh and her wonderful husband played by harry styles uh, who've escaped to a unique kind of utopian community uh full of husbands and wives who appear to be living in something like the 50s or the 60s uh, all the husbands in the area do some kind of discreet work for a company run by chris pine who appears to be an antagonist in this film uh and upon kind of investigating and looking into it florence Pugh discovers that not all is as it seems in her wonderful community uh the movie also stars olivia wilde and, and chris pine like i said and what's what's interesting about the trailer for don't worry darling is that it starts as kind of a sci-fi well romance i guess the two harry styles and florence Pugh very madly in love and then it kind of becomes this dystopian like hey there's something going on here and we got to figure it out very truman show-esque but uniquely it wraps in the triumphance of the ending of the Truman Show, like Florence Pugh discovering what's happening here, that that journey 
is what the movie's going to be about. And and I like the way the, the score kind of sweeps in this trailer to highlight that towards the end. That, hey, this isn't just about, like, weird, creepy stuff happening. It's more a tale of, like, discovery and growth. And that seems very on brand for Olivia Wilde, at least in her previous work. Um, really interesting trailer for Don't Worry, Darling. Andy, what do you think? This looks great. Uh, I just rewatched the trailer today. It looks really exciting. Great cast, like you said, Florence Pugh, Olivia Wilde, uh, Gemma Chan as well, ah. Harry Styles. Yeah. It um, it looks like a little bit of a mixture of something like The Truman Show, The 13th Floor, and Stepford, Stepford Wives as well. You know, the, you have all the these women who are just like, well, they just need to stay. They're just staying at home, tending the house, not asking questions. And their husbands are kind of working for some sort of mysterious thing that no one really knows what it is. It's sort of like, oh, we're just doing the thing. We're changing the future. Um and we, we don't really know. And eventually, you know, people start uh, asking questions. Reminds me a little bit of Pleasantville um, as well. So influenced by a lot of things, looks like it just looks really good. Comes out in September. Yeah, looks looks like uh, looks like something we'll be going to see. Booksmart was solid. Also, if you haven't, it's on Hulu. Go watch Booksmart. Anyway, Andy, what's next? Crimes of the Future, uh, which we, we saw a brief trailer a couple of weeks ago. And then uh, we saw a full trailer this week. Um, I don't know what this movie's about, but it, it made me squirm so much. It's David Cronenberg's uh, latest. Um, all, all we really know is it, it's a futuristic film where, where man has kind of become synthetic or had to adapt to an artificial environment. Um, and so there's all this like surgery and kind of artificial things that are people doing to their bodies because they can. There's a line that says, you know, pain has been eliminated, so maybe it's a little bit easier to do these kinds of things. Uh I'm not sure what the plot itself is, but it looks super creepy. It's a look, got a little bit of that noir feel. Stars uh, Leia Sadu, Kristen Stewart, and um, Viggo Mortensen. Yeah. Longtime collaborator of Cronenberg. Uh, yes. Uh, the king of body horror, Canadian director David Cronenberg, is back <laughs> um, with Crimes of the Future. I'm very excited about this movie. It, it looks like most of it's shot inside of like the alien queen set from alien four like everything's covered in slime and it looks like hr geiger like just went mad in there creating weird fleshy looking chairs and stuff like this looks wild uh, there was a report this morning apparently cronenberg has said people are like fainting in theaters some good some good good old-fashioned like alfred hitchcock hucksterism right going into your movie like it's it's so horrifying we gotta have priests on standby and there's gonna yeah. be nurses waiting Par to, paramedics yeah, standby yeah there's gonna be people with stretchers to carry you out because it's gonna be so scary uh but for what it's worth like cronenberg has quite quite the track record in this director of fly videodrome a movie i'm a big fan of uh you know, and just some just some goofy kind of work. Like, this is going to be something. And it may be lame. Maybe it's just good trailer cut, trailer footage. But, man, I feel like I'm going to be squirming in my seat. Similar to when we watched Titan. Like, really, uh, really, really good stuff. Uh, and lastly, we need to talk about the biggest trailer of this, the year. Maybe of the, the decade. decade. <laughs> the, de <laughs> the decade. Uh, premiering in front of Doctor Strange and Multiverse of Madness. Uh, and available now online, the trailer is Avatar, The Way of Water. Uh, new Avatar trailer is about two minutes long. Features uh, our characters from our original film, uh, Jake Sully, and I don't remember her name. Natiri, uh, yeah, Nefertiti. Yeah. Come on now, Natiri. Uh, Natiri, close yes, enough. I see this already. I can't remember. Uh, we we get a lot of quick images of the world and great music, lots of water, oceanside stuff. Uh, this film is set about a decade after the previous Avatar, and looks like there's been some developments on Pandora. Humans and and they're not blue people i don't i don't remember their names the, the navi navi are working alongside one another and they're they're working <laughs> at the military base together and then you see another human running around with them like donnie from the wild thornberries wearing an oxygen mask uh you get one line at the end from jake sully when he says i know one thing wherever we go this family is our fortress and then avatar 2 music kind of plays out a little bit and then it ends my, my, my I, eyes rolled out, out of my skull i think it is the best possible opener for avatar 2 because the it seems like so many people have forgotten and like the only way to bring general audiences back to avatar is the striking visuals that was the most 
entertaining thing about it, the spectacle of the previous version. And though this wasn't advertised in crisp and glorious 3D, uh, I am mildly interested. I am. In fact, watching the trailer again, I'm like, okay, who, who knows? This is James Cameron. This is the director of Titanic and Terminator 2 and Aliens and Avatar. Like, if anybody can do it, right? Like, if any auteur can spend a billion dollars making blue space people the movie and it would be cool, it's him. So, like, in a weird way, I'm kind of mildly excited about it, if anything, for the memes, right? And who knows? Maybe there'll be, maybe there'll be a decent movie in there. Andy, what did you think of the trailer for Avatar The Way of Water? If you would have told me that it was footage from the first movie, I wouldn't have known any difference. It looks so similar. It does look really stunning. I, I watched it again today uh, at, at home, on the, and it does look really good. Like, the effects are top-notch. Yeah. Again, it's called The Way of Water. I heard they did a ton of on-the-water and underwater filming, and, and so that looks really good. Like, the, the effects are, are, are top-notch, um, but it's just, like, we don't get any plot details, but also it's just, like, does, does anyone really care anymore again the bit the big demographic that that drives the money are 18 to 34 males uh is this going to tap into that audience maybe maybe not i mean i don't think you should bet against james cameron but i also just don't see this being the kind of hit that yeah before it's a and it's It's weird be okay and it's weird because yeah avatar one i don't think was speculated to be like the monster one of the top five biggest films ever like film that it came out to be. And then it came out and it was such a spectacle and it, it came out right when 3d was a thing and 3d was really good. And it was really good effects. Like it was a huge deal, but since then it hasn't had much cultural impact. Disney of course has built uh, Pandora, uh, the, the land off of animal kingdom and Walt Disney world in Florida. They spent a ton of money on that buying the theme park rights to it after universal locked down Harry Potter and they got super jealous, but that's irrelevant. Uh, they're invested. Disney's invested. James Cameron's invested. They've already shot Avatar 2 and 3. They're apparently, I've heard they've shot a bunch of 4 and 5, but I've also heard people say they haven't started production on that at all. So, like, either way, we're getting this movie and we're getting another movie. And, and if James Cameron has his way, and he typically does, uh, we're going to get 4 and 5. It's also worth mentioning, on average, James Cameron comes out once comes out with a new movie once every like 12 years so he may he may george r, r. martin us maybe we won't get the end of avatar till like he's on his on death's door or ever at all but uh like i said i, I i'm uniquely excited by <laughs> a director having the clout to come out and be like no i'm gonna spend a bajillion dollars making my vision of like this a- avatar world man it's it's the way it's gonna be so like I don't know. It's going to be something. Avatar The Way of Water. It's, it's either going to... Yeah, I don't know. I don't that know. second trailer better be bomb. The most exciting thing I've ever seen. Much more plot, I'm sure. Uh, much more engagement from characters. Oh, and also Avatar Avatar 2 will play great in foreign markets. Let's be clear. This will make a ton of money in foreign markets. Globally, there's, yeah. There, yeah, there's Spectacle. not going to be there's not going to be anything in there that has to be edited out in post for foreign markets. Like China and Russia are not going to see stuff and say, "Hey, that's a symbol of the LGBTQ or freedom or whatever." That's not going to be in there at all. It's going to be great. Like so so it'll it'll make money, but I just yeah, I'm in the same boat, man. I I I don't know if people are going to turn out for Avatar two like they did for Spider-Man, right? Or Doctor Strange. I I I just don't know. Uh, I think a good a good measure might be something like uh, Top Gun Maverick that comes out at the end of this month. Um, they're wanting that. They're hoping that will make Batman money, and like, th- there's just no way. Um, especially the the older generations are have been very reluctant to come back to the theater, and that's kind of who this is going to be aimed at. I mean, it's aimed at everyone. It's family friendly, but um, I just don't think it's going to be this huge, ma- massive hit. I, I would be really surprised if it was. I think it'll be fine. It'll you know, it's it comes out during the holidays. It's family friendly. It's a special effects vehicle. Take your mom. It'll, right. it'll, you know, it's, it's going to win the weekend maybe, but, and Shazam too, um, vacated <laughs> very quickly, vacated that date. Uh, when, once they heard that Avatar 2 was coming out that, right that day. So we'll see. Yeah. People don't want to mess with the house of masks. They'll knock you, they'll knock you out. They'll, they'll take, they'll just take, they'll, they'll run Dr. Strange 70 times in, in, in New York times square AMC <laughs> before they let any other films, uh, in, in on their opening weekends. Yeah, we're, we're, we're going to have to wait and see. And also, 
the byline for this, the most important bit. Remember, Disney's schedule is to do an Avatar movie in December and then do a Star Wars movie next December. An Avatar and Star Wars and Avatar. So that means with this trailer, we're one step closer to a new Star Wars movie because apparently next December, that's happening. Not not this one upcoming, well, but the one after. There's. I don't. I, I don't that's think what they got be, in the schedule. I. I, I we'll yeah, see. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah. I. I if sure that's will. true, then I think we'll. That means we, we might see a Star Wars teaser like in December when this comes out. I. I haven't heard anything though. I can't Nothing. imagine they have something re- ready for 2023. I heard 2024 is the earliest we're going to get a Star Wars. I mean, if they're rolling out Avatar, like technically that means you know. We'll see. We'll see. I don't it know. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, and with that, we should probably wrap the show. Uh, like I said, typically we do two reviews on off script, but this week it's just the one because Doctor Strange was kind of a big deal. And I wish we'd be able to talk about it a little bit more, but we don't want to walk in circles. What we do want to do is talk about what we're watching next week. Andy, what are we watching next week? I'm a fire starter. So uh, the, the remake of Firestarter, um, the uh, 1980 or so uh, book by Stephen King, uh, which originally, originally starred Drew Barrymore, um, is comes out this week. It uh, stars Zac Efron and a newcomer who I'm going to try and look up really quickly. Nope, can't see oh, it. Oh, gosh. Uh, I, I don't know. But it's also going to be coming out on uh, at the same time on Peacock. Uh, Ryan Kira Armstrong is the uh, is the uh, titular character, titular fire starter. Uh, like so, this this is interesting because this is still going to be a hybrid release, um, and the trailer kind of gives away the the whole movie. Um, but it's it's the only big release uh, coming out, and Doctor Strange is probably going to dominate the weekend. But uh, that's what we'll be checking out. We'll see how that is, and we're also going to be going way back to uh, 2014 to watch uh, Ex Machina, which was Alex Garland's uh, first film it's der- directorial debut which starred domino gleason oscar isaac and alicia vikander and we're we're watching the reason we're going back to that is because his new film men comes out the following week on may 20th or 23rd yes uh our men our men review will be a little staggered i'm going to be out of town for my sister's wedding uh but when we get back we'll be watching men at the end of the month alongside <sighs> top gun probably top gun uh i don't know when we're gonna watch chippendale rescue rangers at disney plus i don't know when we're gonna watch it i thought that was a show no it's one it's one film it's like one yeah two hour (laughs) it's a who framed roger rabbit style uh you know mashup whatever the point is uh next week we're watching firestarter and ex machina we would watch uh annihilation Alex Garland's most recent work, but we already covered it on the show. Covered that a while back, actually. Yeah. And you should go check out that review. If you want to find our old review of Annihilation, I was about to say Ex Machina, or any of our other reviews, you can find us on Facebook, where we live stream the show every Tuesday. You can find us on YouTube, where we upload our archives shortly after. You can find us on iTunes and Spotify and Google Play and iHeartMedia and all the usual places you get your podcasts. We're on Instagram, we're on Twitter, and you can find all our old content on there. You can write into the show at mail at offscriptfilmreview.com or just leave a comment below this video and you can tell us what you thought of the episode, what you're thinking about watching. I don't know. Give, leave us a little correspondence and if it's good, maybe we'll read it on the air. Well, maybe we'll talk about it live on the show. Talk talk back to you right here on our favorite movie show. Uh, you can visit our website, offscriptfilmreview.com to find old interviews, episodes, and more content from us. And most importantly, if you like what we're doing here on Offscript, you can subscribe. Just subscribe to the show to get new episodes delivered straight to your phone every single Tuesday when we do them, unless I'm out of town for my sister's wedding. Uh, and you can rate and review and, uh, you know, tell, tell, all, tell all the world about Offscript Film Review, the home of Bold Cinema. I think that's got it for the week. Yep, feel good about it. Uh, from all of us at Offscript, the home of Bold Cinema, I'm Zach Lewis. And I'm Dr. Draper. Thanks for watching.